one of the things I tell women is that um, how can we expect our husbands to know our hearts if we don't know it? Yeah. And so we've shut down our hearts ever since we were a little girl. Mm -hmm. We've been trained, don't cry. What's wrong with you? What's the matter? Anytime we feel sad, angry, frustrated, anything that would appear to be a negative emotion, we, we don't get positive feedback. We get something's wrong with us feedback. Yeah. And then we have someone attempting to remove that painful emotion or those painful circumstances from us, mainly because they don't know what to do with them. Um, here at my house, uh, when my granddaughters are over, if one of them is sad, um, I have what I call my crybaby pillow and my crybaby rag. Aww, and they were like, Nana, do you really do you really do cry? I said, yeah, baby, I cry every day. And they're like, they're like no, Nana, you're always happy. I said, I am happy, very happy. But there are things that I cry about, and crying is not bad. Crying is wonderful. And so we as a society all across the world, even when I've traveled in other countries, people learn to shut down their emotions and their heart becomes callous. And Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, is your heart still hard? Do you still not see? Is your heart still hard? Do you still not hear? And he said, and the word of God tells us that if we'll seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness, then all these things will be added. So when we seek to understand each other in the head, we're going to see things differently. You can only agree with what you see. And if you can't see it, you're going to disagree. But when you go into the feelings, if we feel the same thing, we're going we're gonna to judge it exactly the same. So let's just say, for example, if you saw um, a man or a woman committing adultery, you would feel sad. You would feel that that other partner would, must feel betrayed or rejected. We would have the same exact judgment, ever, no matter who we are. Um, if we saw a brand new baby be born and they were hoping for a little girl or a little boy and that's what they got, we would automatically judge the emotion as joyful and, and um, excited and happy and all that. No one would go in and say, oh, look how sad they are. No, because we judge emotions the same. Now, one of the things that people will do is they will say things like, um, in their ignorance, they would say things like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Because, and then they'll tell you how you should look at it. Yeah. And then say, well, if you look at it this way, then the feeling will go away. Well, that's, that can work for a short measure of time. But let's just pretend that, we're, that you're a person or I'm a person that, that felt rejected as a child most of your life. Then what, what we don't realize is that belief system is actually in your brain that I am rejected. Not, I was rejected one time. Mm -hmm. And so the only way for that heart to change and that belief to change is not to just talk to yourself through your frontal lobe, but it's to actually go in through the heart, through the emotions, and change the part of your brain that believes I am rejected. You know, because that, that may be a fact that someone rejected you, but that's not the truth because my father says, I shall never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus said, I know that you have need of man's approval, but, but my father shall never reject me. So we as women, we know that we need emotional connection. We know that we need it with our spouse. We know that we need it with um, our best friends, our parents, whoever. But the problem that stops us from having it is really not on the outside of us. It's on the inside of us. 
Because if you can't know your own heart and you can't express your own emotions and your own heart is calloused, what is it that makes us think that our husbands are going to know our hearts, that our husbands are going to just spontaneously become emotional people? They're way less emotional than we are. They, they have the ability to, they're just stronger. They have a stronger ability to hold it down. We as women have a weaker ability to hold it down. So what happens is you can hold it down only so long because that which is mortal cannot keep back immortality. So what does that mean? My physical body cannot hold back my spirit and emotions or spirit, emotions or spirit. So when the emotions arise, we know instinctively as a woman that that's what we need to deal with. The problem is we want somebody else to fix and make our emotions feel good rather than us utilizing those emotions that we are feeling and seek on the inside of us and say, search me, O God, and show me what ways are twisted inside of me so that we can heal. Now, I found in my own relationship with my husband that the more I healed in my heart, the more I began to develop my emotional skill, the more I began to exercise my emotions and let them live again, and I didn't need to push some away and harvest others, I began to embrace all of my emotions. Mm -hmm. Well, all of them don't feel good, but that's okay. You can't have real power in your life of any kind without positive and a negative. So I began to embrace all of my emotions and I began to heal. I began to heal from being a compulsive, compulsive, obsessive <laughs> disorder. Yeah. Like I used to have to have a perfect house if my house was not perfect. I didn't think you would love me or like me. So I had white floors just in case I got a speck. I could see it before you did. And every night before I went to bed, I would make one or maybe two sweeps in my house to make sure that there wasn't a throw pillow out of place, to make sure that I didn't have a dirty spoon on my counter, not one dirty sock. My toilets were clean and the lids were shut and the soap bar was put where it belongs. And that's beautiful and nice and I'm not opposed to that, but I was in bondage. Yeah. I was in total bondage. So not only was I codependent and needed somebody else, love me, love me, please love me, like a little begging dog begging for crumbs, but I also made sure that my life appeared perfect so you wouldn't reject me. As I began to heal in my heart, those things began to fall by the wayside. It wasn't like I had to choose to not be obsessive, compulsive anymore. It wasn't like I had to choose to not be codependent. No, the, the result of my heart healing was I, I wasn't codependent. The result was I was not obsessive about getting you to love me. Why? Because I knew my father loved me. And if my father loves me, I, I don't need man's approval. So actually I was addicted to approval as well. So I would wear one mask if I was with you and another mask if I was with someone else and another mask somewhere else. I didn't even know I was doing it. I was so blinded to my own hunger and need for acceptance that I would do just about anything. Now, I wasn't immoral. If you would have known me in church, you would have said, oh, she's a great Christian woman. She's got a great family. She's got it together. And that looked right. But inside my heart, that's not what was going on. So what we'll do today when we work with you is we're going to actually introduce you to your own heart probably in a way that you've never um, done before. And our objective is to go find the places in your heart where your little girl was wounded 
and wherever she was wounded, I don't, I won't need your details. You won't have to divulge or tell me any, any, um, specifics because some people are a little bit concerned about that. Like, gosh, I have to tell them everything. No, you absolutely do not. The only thing I'm going to need from you to help you to heal, to facilitate this for you is I'm going to need you to just let go of your emotion. In other words, Scream if you need to scream. Yell if you need to yell. Cry when you need to cry. I don't care if you cuss. People say, what? Well, if it's in you, how are you going to know that it's in you if you don't let it out? And so anger is something that gets locked inside of us and can turn into bitterness and resentment and malice and hatred. And as it turns into that, it will actually manifest at some point in your body because your body... um, is a, a, a factory, a memory factory. And you've got about 100, 100 trillion cells in your body. And each cell has about six gigabytes of memory. And your cells remember everything, not only about you, but at least four generations back is actually in your DNA. Um, one of the reasons people do DNA studies is because to find out if you're predisposed for breast cancer. Or if you have a, a certain gene that might be passed down. So that's your, your actual cells have memory. So when we go into your body, guess what we're going to change? Your actual cellular memory. And the only way for that to occur is I need you to allow your emotions to flow. So people ask me, why is that so important? Because when your emotions flow, your hypothalamus will release chemicals in a perfect measure sort of like Sherwin-Williams when you go and get the perfect color paint, right? It has perfect memory. Why? Because it's made in God's image and it's perfect and it doesn't lie. And so as your hypothalamus releases that cocktail, if you will, cocktail of emotions, they're released in something called chemical ligands. When that goes into your body, it actually is like a key that will go into the receptor sites of your cells and open them up. Scripture says, open up all ye gates. It also says God that, that God will give us the keys to the kingdom. Well, where's the kingdom? Inside of us. So there's a kingdom of God inside of us that, that has been locked up. Why? Fear. Fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. Those two, two major ones. And when those doors get opened and you are, your identity, your value, your self-worth the person that you are is completely rested in who God says you are, then you're no longer in need of an outside source to make you feel good. Why? Because you feel good from the inside out. And that's where it's all about is, is where the kingdom of God is. And Jesus came and he said, repent. Why? For the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, what does the word repent mean? <clears throat> it means to turn. It means to turn from something or to turn to something. And God is called the eternal one. So if you break that word down, eternal. What happens in our belly whenever our emotions begin to move? We even say it, ooh, that turns my stomach. So all turning, not some, including what some people claim or call anxiety or panic, That's not the devil. That is your mind lying to you, telling you that's the devil, when anxiety or panic is really just a chemical release of ligands in the body that's attached to an old memory. When that 
old memory is reintroduced or is maybe for the first time introduced into the truth of who you are, those ligands will still be present and you will still tremble and your breathing is still going to change, but it won't be bad. It's actually very, very pleasant um, because the Bible says, blessed is he who trembles in my presence and blessed is he who trembles at my word. So let me finish this little clip by saying this. In, um, in the Psalms, when David is crying, there's a word in the Hebrew called the kabad. And it, it's, it is what it sounds like. It's bad. It don't feel good. And David is crying. He said, oh God, your hand is heavy upon me. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the word hand that's the kabad. Your hand is heavy upon me. I can't breathe. In other words, you're piercing my breath. You're taking my breath away. What happens when you get in a panic attack? People can't breathe. So um, his hand, oh God, your hand is heavy on me. I can't breathe. My head and on my pillow, I do swim all night. Well, I used to just think that meant like I cry a lot. Well, it did mean he, he cried, cried a lot, but it also meant his brain wouldn't shut up. It, he just kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And he had no peace. Well, if you study the word kabad, out of that word, like a lily out of the dark ground, comes the word kabod. And kabod means the heavy, weighty, peaceful glory of God that makes you just feel almost like a, a sort of love drunk. Have you ever seen a little baby after, after they've been nursed? Do you have children? So you nurse your baby, and we even call it milk drunk. It's like that. They're, they're just lethargic, little milk's dribbling down their cheek. They got this little fat grin. They're sticking their tongue out and kind of halfway sucking still, and they're just grinning. And they're just drunk with contentment. That's what comes out of the kabad. In other words, you don't get kabad without kabad. Mm-hmm. Therein lies the scripture that joy comes in the morning and that God will give us beauty for our ashes.